welcome back to the Bug in a Rug podcast. As always, my name is Caitlin. As usual, I'm Whitney. And we are going to bring you another story today that may or may not keep you up at night. Hopefully by the end of it, you will still be able to sleep as snug as a bug in a rug, but only time will tell. Indeed. Indeed. Inconceivable. You keep on using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Opulence. You, you own everything. everything. It's its own. It's, uh, <laughs> it's opulence. That's what it says. Anyway, we're on a drag race kick. Again, when, have, when are we ever off a drag race kick, I guess? At this point, we're in a drag race <laughs> If you keep kicking, what's the little, the little, is it a Russian dance where you like go down real low and just yeah, like da, 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 you yeah, know what I mean? I don't yes. know what it's called, but yeah. There's your question for the week. What's the little dance that you do when you get down real low and you just kick your legs out? And I think, I think it's traditionally Russian, but I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> if you know what we mean. If you know what we mean, please contact us. You can email us your answer. B-I-A-R podcast at gmail.com. You can reach us on our social media pages. Facebook's Bug and Rug. Instagram and Twitter are at B-I-A-R podcast. Help us out. Help us out. Let us know because at this point... <laughs> at this point I could Google it, but we're recording. <laughs> so we're not going to get our phones out. Just kidding. I just looked at my phone. <laughs> all right. Now that the mood is all light and cheerful, let me damper it. Oh, beans. Let me damper it a little bit. I have... In my pocket. In my pocket. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have a story for you about... um, (laughs) A little birdie. I seem to have made a mistake when I switched out the cat toys. Yeah, last night at midnight, Dino was playing with the the only toy in the house that makes chirping noises. You hear some chirping in the background. Don't worry. It's not a real bird. It's a fake bird. Being attacked by Being attacked a cat. by a cat. <laughs> All right. So I have decided to do a story on a girl named Asia Degree. A-S-H-A. Asia Degree. Degree is D-E-G-R-E-E. Some context, I guess. I don't know why I was thinking about this, but like months and months ago... Do you remember in, like, the podcasting world, like, there was a week where nobody posted and instead they referred people to podcasts that were run by people of color or Mm -hmm. were about people of color. Yeah. Right. And I don't, this is terrible, but I don't remember, like, what really started it. I think riot, some riots or something. I think like it was Black the... Black Lives Matter riots. Yeah. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it was the Black Lives Matter movement, and then a lot of people would post just a black picture. Right. And then links to posts, projects run by people of color. Right. And I was thinking about this, and so I was like, I'm going to look for stories about, because um, we don't do a lot of stories about... I guess people in general. A lot of ours are cryptids. I get that. Um, you know, murders, missing persons, uh, mysterious disappearances. And I felt that we haven't really delved, in, dived into a lot of per- people of colors cases in the United States specifically. Because I know we've done other countries. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, let me like look for some, mm-hmm. right? And it was very, very difficult for me to find stories that were covered 
that were about like missing children of color. Mm-hmm. You know, along those lines. Mm-hmm. So I ran into some sites that were talking about um, statistics on media coverage on children of color who go missing versus white children who go missing. And I found this story. And so we're going to cover it. I know that's a very long explanation, but I felt like I needed to do this. So this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. We've done stories that involve maybe other ethnicities and nationalities and traditions before, but we've never taken time to focus on a story about people of color and bringing that to light. Yeah, specifically specifically in the United States. Because like I said, I know we've done like other countries and things like that. Mm -hmm. So this is just one of the many stories that I had a lot of trouble finding, (laughs) but I found. So this is about Asia Degree. Now, Harold and Aquila, I-Q-U-I-L-L-A, Married on Valentine's Day in 1988. Romantic. I know. They had a son named O'Brien, who was born just a year later, and then a daughter named Asia Degree, who was born on August 5th, 1990. The family lived in a rural rural area of Shelby, North Carolina, where some extended family was also located. Harold and Aquila both worked regular jobs while Asia and O'Brien went to school, but they were really involved in the local church and many school activities, like, as a whole. Mm -hmm. So they had, like, a really big support system. Like, they had a lot, a lot of family that lived in the neighborhood, Mm -hmm. and then they had, like, they were involved in the church and the school, so, like, everybody kind of knew who they were kind of thing. Sure. So Asia and O'Brien did not have school on Friday, February 11th, 2000. So they spent the day at their aunt's house while their parents attended work. So they weren't by themselves because they're still young at this point. So Asia is nine mm-hmm. and O'Brien's like 10 or 11. Yeah. So like they're not quite where they should be. could be staying by themselves yeah. Yeah. safely. Yeah. Right. So, in the evening, the children went to their youth basketball practice at Fallstone Elementary School to get ready for the games the following day. So, at the game on Saturday, February 12th, Asia had fouled out as their star point guard, and the team lost their first game of the season, and she was, like, distraught over this. That's sad. So, they tried to, like, console her, and she seemed to feel better by her brother's game because he had the later game. So they played after And so the family said she was really upset. But then afterwards, she was kind of okay because she was watching her brother's game. They were all cheering for him kind Mm -hmm. of thing. So on Sunday, February 13th, Asia and O'Brien went to church with some relatives and returned home shortly after. So, like, their aunts, other relatives, like I said, they all live in the same neighborhood. So they're right there. I'm sure they all go to the same church. Yeah, yeah. So they both went to their shared bedroom around 8 p.m. that night. At approximately 9 p.m., the power went out in the neighborhood due to a car accident near the road. The power returned at around 12.30 a.m., at which time Harold got home from work and checked on his children. He saw that they were both sleeping soundly, so he went to go get ready for bed. He claims that he checked on them once again at 2.30 a.m. before heading to bed himself. Okay. Shortly after Harold joined Aquila in bed, O'Brien woke up to noise of Asia's bed squeaking. So he assumed she was just like rolling around to get comfortable and he, it was kind of one of those things where he like woke up because he heard a noise but not like startled. It was just like he was still really drowsy and was like, oh, that's weird. And then he like fell right back to sleep. Right. Because he didn't really think anything of it. 
Unbeknownst to him and um, their parents, Asia had actually gotten out of bed, packed several sets of clothes and personal items in a backpack, and left the house. Oh. Between 3.45 and 4.15 a.m., a truck driver and another motorist went by her as she walked south along highway... I wrote 180, but I think it's actually 18. But she's, like, running away. Yeah. So she's she's just walking around along this road. Okay. So she was wearing a long-sleeved white t-shirt and white pants. So these motorists contacted the police later after they realized she was, like, missing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they knew it was her because of her clothes. So that's why they said... Which is strange to me. If I saw a nine-year-old walking along the road by themselves at night well one of the motorists turned around several times to try to like talk to her because mm-hmm. it, it was starting to rain and it was supposed to storm and he also was like literally in an interview he said quote strange such a small child would be out out by herself at that hour yeah so he tried he was like going one way saw her walking turned around to try to get to her And she, like, ran into the woods that was next to the road. Oh, she was like, I'm not having it. Right. So he kept driving. He turned around again, saw her again, tried to drive up to her again, and she ran into the woods again. Mm -hmm. So he was like, okay, well, I can't, like, I don't know. Maybe she just lives nearby. You know, whatever. So he tried, like, several times to, like, get her attention. Mm -hmm. And then on the final time, he, like, couldn't find her anymore because she had walked into the woods. Mm -hmm. And he had, like, waited, but she didn't come back out. So he was like, "Uh, I don't know what to do. Hmm. Okay. Kind of. Interesting. So, Aquila awoke at 5.45 a.m. to start her day. When she was finished getting ready, she went to wake the children up for school just before 6.30. Mm-hmm. So, she went to wake them up sometime between 5.45 and 6.30 mm-hmm. a.m. They had to get up at 6.30. That's when their alarm was set. But she woke them. She went to go wake them up a little bit earlier because they needed to take a bath. And they couldn't the night before because the, the power, power was out. out. Yep. So... Asia was obviously not in her bed, and Aquila couldn't find her in the house or in any of the cars that the family owned. So she checked the room, and then she's like, oh, sometimes she wakes up early and goes to sleep on the floor, on the couch, because she can't sleep very well. So she went to check the couch, couldn't find her, kitchen, couldn't find her. Woke her husband up. They put clothes on. She went to check the cars, because maybe she was like, I don't know, maybe she got in a car. So Couldn't find her in the cars. Couldn't find her in the cars. So... She was, like, frantic, so Harold told her to go to her mother-in-law's house, so his mom's house, who lived, like, literally across the street. Mm-hmm. So she ran over there. Um, they started calling, like, rent, like family members in the mm-hmm. area to see if um, Asia had gone to their house or if they mm-hmm. knew where she was, if she had told them anything or called them. Nobody really knew who she, where she was, so Aquila called her mom, and her mom was like, Aquila, hang up right now and call the police. Yeah. So she hung up. They called the police. Uh, by 6.40 a.m., the first police officers arrived on the scene with police dogs. So this was like 10, 15 minutes after the later. Call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the dogs were not able to pick up Asia's scent. Now, there, remember, there was a huge storm going on. Yeah. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it or not. Mm-hmm. The police and family essentially had woken everybody up by 7 a.m. because Aquila said she was just, like, running down the road screaming her child's name. Mm -hmm. And the police are there, so they're obviously going door to door to see if anybody knew where Asia was, if they had seen her. By 7 a.m., friends, family, neighbors, and church members all were, like, joining in the search to find Mm -hmm. her because, again, 
a lot of people in this neighborhood know who she is. Yeah. And they clearly know something's wrong. Like, right. This isn't like, oh, Asia runs off some. Like, that's not what right. this is. Right, right, exactly. So even with the large number of individuals searching and the two sightings, no trace of Asia degree was found. So the sightings came in fairly close to the time after everybody started searching because um, when police came, local news reporters came. Mm-hmm. So the two motorists actually saw it on the local news and, mm-hmm. like, immediately called in. Yeah. And said that they had seen her or someone fitting her description. Mm-hmm. And they were like, listen, that people were really on top of it, yeah. it seems like. Yeah. They were like oh, crap, I saw this. The news got a hold of it quickly. Yeah. Basically, what needed, seemingly, what needed to happen in this time frame happened. Right, right. So, they immediately categorized Asia and started saying, like, on the news and stuff and in the police report that she was endangered and missing. They couldn't necessarily say she was abducted right now because the circumstances of her leaving the home, she she left on her own free will. Right. She packed a bag. She walked out. There are no signs of an intruder. Like, O'Brien didn't know that anybody was in the room kind of thing, right? So they right. were like, she just kind of left on her own for some reason, and we don't know why. And Aquila didn't know why because she's like, Asia was very... Like, a nervous person to go out by her own. Like, she didn't go out on her own. This is out of character She's very cautious about mm-hmm. leaving the family or going off by herself. Right. So, it was out of character. She didn't normally do this. Now, was there... What year was this? 2000. Was there an Amber Alert issued? Do you know? I do not know. But, I mean, I don't know with when there's... When you can't call it an abduction, I don't know if it qualifies. Right. Or, like... Because, like, Code Adam, that's within a super, like, a supermarket or a store. Yeah. You call Code Adam if somebody's missing, but it's, that's missing child. There's different qualifications. So right. I didn't know if she qualified. Well, we can, we call Code Adams at the zoo sometimes, and it's, like, parents and kids get separated at the zoo. You can call Code Adam, because that's pretty much all hands on deck. They're in this facility somewhere. We don't know where. Right. Shut it down. Shut it down. Everybody look for a person of this description. Don't let anybody leave. I mean, that's what it is at the zoo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amber Alert is, like, the text. So, I don't I don't know. I don't know. And at this point, I don't know if it was... They didn't really know anything. Mm-hmm. So, they couldn't say, like, she was seen leaving in this car or she was seen... So, I don't know. I don't think they had enough information right. to call it. Right. So, on Tuesday, February 15th, Candy wrappers, a pencil, a marker, and a Mickey Mouse-shaped hair bow belonging to Asia were discovered in a shed at a business that was along the highway highway where she had been seen walking. Okay. So she stopped there. At some point, we think. Maybe. Maybe. Her stuff is there. Yeah. Some of her stuff is there. Mm-hmm. On February 16th, Aquila noticed that everything that Asia had taken were her favorite items that she had owned. So they went through everything in her house and said everything she took was her favorite pieces of clothing, her favorite personal items that she owned, which they didn't release what personal items besides, like, pencil, marker, candy wrappers, Mickey Mouse bell. But she said she didn't take anything extra, I guess. Yeah. Right? It was, like, it was just her favorite stuff. Yeah. Unfortunately... This was the only evidence of Asia that was found throughout the initial week-long investigation. So they only found the stuff in the shed, and they only realized, like, well, she didn't take... She didn't pack, like, a suitcase. It was a backpack of, like, her favorite two outfits. 
And that was wow. it. Wow. Right? That's like a, I feel like that's a kid thing. I don't remember what comedian is, but they're like, I think it's Kevin Hart. It's like, I, I packed a bag, I packed a bag with a toy and a snack. Yeah. And that's like it. I, don't, I can't tell you how many times I packed a bag with a toy and, and ran a, away. Yeah. Right. Like to run away. Yeah. But it's like, I, you're a young kid, you're taking, well, that's my favorite thing. I'm not leaving it here. Right. And you just take like, a, you're not thinking like if I were to For leave the long now, term, you're I just need like, to pack 30 days right. worth of clothes <laughs> yeah, until yeah. I can find a laundromat. Right. Like that's not it. It's I'm taking my favorite things and I'm going. Right, right, right. <laughs> So, after 9,000 man-hours had been invested in the search of the two- to three-mile radius of where Asia had been seen, and 30 leads were followed up upon, the search for her was called off with no substantial leads gained. No. Now, on February 22nd, County Sheriff Dan Crawford made a statement saying they were going, quote-unquote, long-range with the search for Asia. So, although they called off the initial investigation, this particular county sheriff essentially went on news media several times to say, don't quit looking for her. Like, keep this going. Like, yeah. if you have any leads, please let us know. So it's not like they stopped cold turkey. It was just they couldn't find anything, so they needed to switch up tactics. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, does that make sense? The initial the initial search was caught off. Now right. we have to look. We have to expand our scope of what we're looking at right, and change it up, exactly. like you said. So the FBI and North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation then placed Asia on the respective databases of missing children. The SBI agent, oh, FBI agent, SBI, I don't know, State Bureau of Investigations, uh, Bart Burpew made a statement saying that Asia was not a typical runaway due to what she had taken with her, which mm-hmm. was kind of nothing, her lack of motive um, nobody said she had a reason to run away. The only reason she was upset was because of the basketball game. But remember, right. even her parents were like, she seemed fine by the end of the night. Like, there was nothing. Like, she, after her brother's game, we were all fine. Went home, went to bed. Everything was fine. Yeah. She wasn't still upset enough that right. they're like, that would have triggered her. Right. And that was the only thing that they could think of. Um, also, her age. So, she was only nine and typical runaways are around the age 12. Mm-hmm. I mean, that doesn't mean there's outliers, but they said usually, like, everybody younger than 12 don't get very far before they turn around and come back. Right. They're like, I'm cold or they and don't wet, run I'm away. hungry. Right. Whereas right. once you start getting into the pre-teen, teenager years, it's like, oh, I'm leaving. leaving. Right, right, exactly. I, I mean, that's how it yeah. seems to be. So they also said that there was no, like, signs of home issues. Like, her parents were like... There's literally nothing. We're not fighting. Mm-hmm. Her and her, her brother get along. Mm-hmm. Like, we have family all over the place. And she didn't go to one of them. And we're, they were essentially saying, we don't know of any issues that would have made her run away either. Yeah. It like, parents like fighting or anything like that. If she would have gotten upset about something in her house, she had tons of places she could go. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. It doesn't make, it doesn't make sense for her to be like, I'm running away from everybody. Right. Yeah. Why, why? That's why they were confused. So they started maybe thinking that she may have run away, but got abducted on the way. Like she was walking somewhere and then somebody picked her up. Yeah, like maybe she was going somewhere specific. And then someone picked her up. And someone right. picked her up. Because they're like, it doesn't make sense for her to just, like, where would she have gone? She's nine. Like on her mm. own. You know what I mean? That's interesting. Where was, do you, do you know, like, the layout of 
the road she was walking along, like, would she have been walking towards the school or, like, was the church I don't know. She was walking towards, like, so her road, I looked it up on Google Maps. Her road to the Highway 18 was, like, it would have been, like, a 15-minute walk. Yeah. And that's where she was. And then once on the highway, like, she could have really gone anywhere. Yeah. Um, compared to her school and stuff, I don't know, mm-hmm. because they don't know which way she went. Right. Like, they just found, because the stuff that they found was, like, right next to the mm-hmm. highway, so they don't, she, because it's literally, like, she walked off her road. Her, onto, where her house is. Where her house is, like, off her neighborhood road, onto, like, a side road, and it's literally a straight 15-minute walk to the highway. And she didn't leave that, because people saw her, like, there. There, in the woods. Yeah. And then after that, they have no idea. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they don't know. It's almost like, and I know I'm interrupting you, but it's almost like she was like, I'm going to go to the mall and before school. Or like, yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm just going to walk here. Not like she was running away, but she was like, oh, I can just walk there. Right. But it was also four in the morning yeah, when she Yeah, and left. raining. Yeah. So it's like, it doesn't really make sense, but it's almost like she had a purposeful place she right. wanted to go. Right. And then... And thought she could walk there. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they're thinking. They're like, maybe she was going somewhere and then got picked up and... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think she, like, necessarily had the intention of, I'm going to get as far away from here as possible. Right. It makes more sense that she was like, well, I'll just take my favorite things because I'm going here. Yeah. Or I'm going to go sleep over at... So-and-so's house. Auntie's house. Yeah. yeah. Right. But, but then along the way, she was taken. Right, 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 right. That makes more sense. So that's what they were they were starting to think. So they didn't really find pretty much anything else. Until August 3rd, 2001, Asia's backpack and other items were discovered wrapped in a plastic bag during a construction project off Highway 18 in Burke County. This was approximately 26 miles north of Shelby, where she lived. That's bad news, bears. So the FBI took it to their headquarters for forensic analysis, but they did not release results from the testing publicly, or they didn't find anything for, like, DNA testing. Yeah. You know, that, like, wasn't hers, I guess. I don't know. There's not much information on that. It's If if they had an ongoing investigation, they're not going to say nothing. Right. They didn't state this until years later. Mm-hmm. But they eventually stated that a copy of Dr. Seuss's McElliott's Pool and a New York Kids on the Block t-shirt, a New York, a New Kids on the Block t-shirt, concert t-shirt, mm-hmm. were some of the items with the backpack. Now, this particular book did belong to her school's library, mm-hmm. but her family says that she never had that book and they had never seen that t-shirt before. Interesting. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, this was the last piece of evidence in the case that turned up. Now, a few tips came in, including one from an inmate at the county jail in, 20, in 2004. So, he, this person essentially said they knew where her body was, but it turned out to be false. The local police went to the site that he said um, her remains were. They dug it up. It was just animal remains. So, although this did not close the case, it did kind of relieve the family because they still believe that she could be alive. Right, right. So, the family continued their efforts to keep Asia's name in the public's mind. In 2008, Asia's family established a scholarship in her name for a deserving local student. 
A billboard was placed near where Asia disappeared to remind the public of who she was. So the billboard's like a mile away from their house, close to Highway 18. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where she walked to. Um, They also began an annual walk that starts at the billboard to raise awareness and money to keep funding their search efforts. Sure. Um, The participants in this walk meet up at the billboard every February 7th. They did have it on February 14th because that's the day she disappeared, but it's Valentine's Day. And her parents were like, we don't want to, like, we want her name out there, but people aren't going to come. It's Valentine's Day. So they pushed it a week back. Yeah. That's also their wedding anniversary. They're like, it's already so sad. Right, right. So the family has done several interviews throughout the years to also keep her name, like, in the public's Mm -hmm. mind. Now, the local media covered Asia's story pretty thoroughly, like we had said, Mm -hmm. but it didn't really reach the national stage. So the family went on the Montel Williams show, and their episode aired one month after Asia went missing. Mm -hmm. Um, But this was pretty much the most in-depth interview that was done with the family on, like, a larger scale. Right. Now, Asia was featured on America's Most Wanted and... I think Oprah did a segment about missing children, Mm -hmm. but they weren't interviewed. It was just, like, her picture and, like, any information you have on this person, Mm -hmm. please call kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, in 2013, Aquila did an interview with Jet. It's just called – I don't know if it's a magazine or Jet website Mm -hmm. – where she expressed her frustration on the lack of coverage for her daughter's story. um, And she thinks that this may be due to Asia's race. Hmm. So she said, yeah, the Monta Williams show was great. And she said, yeah, she was on America's Most Wanted and Oprah, but they didn't call us. They didn't ask for any information. They just kind of got it off the missing persons database. Right. And was like, here are the missing children from this date to this date. If you have any information, please call. Kind of thing. Right. It wasn't nationally covered the way that you see some cases. Right. Right. Exactly. And they were really disappointed in that. I got some wild stats for you guys because... The reason I wanted to do this is because I couldn't find stories on missing people of color in general, right, in the United Mm -hmm. States. They don't become, it seems like this didn't become, like, a high-profile case. Right. Like, it never reached that state. Exactly. And and you don't see a lot of high-profile cases with children of color. Exactly. People of color. Right. Um, And so... When she did this interview with Jet, which I have linked to down below, and it's very interesting, like, her answers that she gives them, um, I started looking into, like, statistics. Mm -hmm. So bear with me, but we're going to have some math and percentages. Which is what we're good at. Which is what I used to be good at, but now I'm, you know. Statistics? (laughs) Statistics, yeah, exactly. So according to the FBI's National Crime Information Center database, there were four... 124,066 missing children under the age of 18 in 2018. Okay. So about 37% of these cases are African-American children, even though they only make up 14% of U.S. children. There are, percentage-wise speaking, more cases of missing white children in the United States. However... There are way more white children in the United States than African-American children. Right. So statistically speaking, if you're taking into account, like, the percentages of how many there are total versus how many missing kids there are, um, African-American children make up over one-third of all missing children's cases. 
So a lot of people are like, oh, they don't make up that much because there's clearly more like white children that are missing persons cases. But like percentage wise. It almost is like you're more likely to be abducted as an African-American child than you are as a white child. Exactly. Yes. Because like, I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but there's more white children. So obviously there's going to be more cases. But if you take the percentage, the percentage of missing African-American children is way, way higher than white children. Right. Yeah. That's the the chances of an African-American child being abducted within the pool of African-American children. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a, this isn't the right numbers, but it's like having a 1 in 100 chance versus a 1 in 10 chance. Yes. Yes, exactly. Which, that, yes, yes, those yes, aren't yes, yes. the exact numbers, but like, if, if, if you think about it that way, yes. Right. Like, if you're a white child, you have a 1 in 100 chance of going missing, and there's more of you, so like. You're less likely to go missing. Right. Even though more of you go missing. Right. <laughs> it's super confusing, <laughs> but trust me on this. It makes sense to, to me. me. Right, right. So, about 20% of missing children are Hispanic or Latino. Um, so, they make up a large percentage of missing children as well. Unfortunately, the numbers that I'm giving you aren't necessarily accurate completely because, yes, th- there's probably more of them that go missing than what my numbers say. Because a lot of just people of color in general don't like to involve law enforcement even if they think someone in their family is missing mm-hmm. because of distrust or someone in their family is undocumented. So they're like, if law enforcement comes to the house, they can't see these people. Right. Or else we're all going to get in trouble. So we're just going to have to search for them ourselves. Yeah. Distrust of the system. Yeah. Yeah. So even bleaker is the fact that it was found in 2016 that, quote, African-American missing persons cases appeared amongst the remaining older and open cases Four times as often as the cases of white and Hispanic missing persons. So they're essentially saying that even though a white child goes missing, they're more likely to be found mm-hmm. than or found sooner right. than African American children. They don't think the information of Hispanic children is accurate enough to make them a separate group. Right. Pretty much. Documentation is blurry yeah. among that community because of the nature of the society we live in, right. unfortunately. Yeah. So those numbers can't be clear. So you take African-American children and you're saying, you know, the, their cases aren't as high profile. Yeah. The news coverage clearly isn't as wide. Yeah. And therefore their cases are not being solved as efficiently. Yeah. Bingo. Bingo, bingo, bongo. I don't know. So, like you said, so media coverage. So, let's talk about that for a minute. So, I'm going to continue to dampen the mood with some more statistics. Oh, we're not on. math people in this house, but we're trying. We're trying. Uh, a 2015 study by Clara Simmons and Joshua Woods found that African-American missing children amounted to a shockingly low 7% of media references. So, this trend has continued throughout the 2000s. A mid-2000s study conducted by Scripps Howard News Service discovered that white children accounted for 53% of cases reported to the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children, but they were covered in 67% of Associated Press's Missing Children news coverage and 76% of CNN's news coverage. 
Black children accounted for 23% of missing children reported to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, but they only received 17% of news coverage done by the Associated Press and 13% of CNN stories. Hey, CNN. How is that fair? Hey, CNN. What are you doing, honey? How is that fair? So there, I didn't type a lot about this. Actually, I didn't type anything about this. But there is a term that was coined by um, by social scientists and media commentators called missing white woman syndrome or missing white girl syndrome. And it's essentially referring to this exactly. Yeah. That white children garner more media attention and people pay more attention to it than missing children of color mm-hmm. in general as a whole. Yeah. I mean, it happens to this day. Yeah. I wonder... So this... Bear with me here. Yeah. I feel like there was a girl that I was a roommate with in college. This is... Bear with me. There was a girl I was a roommate (laughs) with in college. Okay. And I came home one day, and she was bawling her eyes out on the couch. And she was watching a show about a missing person, about a blonde-haired, missing young girl, white girl. And she was like, oh my gosh... This girl's missing. She went missing while she was on vacation in Mexico. And that just doesn't happen. That doesn't happen to people. It only happens in movies. Like, she didn't know what human trafficking was. And I did have to explain that to her. But what I'm saying is people see pretty young white girls go missing. Mm -hmm. And they lose their minds. Because Mm -hmm. that just can't happen. Yeah. That just can't happen. Yeah. And then I feel like when you see it in other nationalities, people go, eh, happens all the time. Oh, yeah, And yeah, just yeah. Ignore, ignore it. Yeah. I believe They're that. They're just like, eh, another one. And ignore it. Yeah. Rather than, oh my gosh, this just doesn't happen. Even though the numbers themselves. Proportionally speaking. Proportionally speaking, it, white people and African American kids and Hispanic kids, everybody goes missing all the time. Yeah. And nobody's doing anything about it. You're right. But people lose their minds when it's a pretty Caucasian yeah. kid. Yeah. Which they should, but they should with everybody. Right. And that's what this is referring to, essentially, that people see a middle-aged, rich, white woman that goes missing, and they're like, oh, my God, we have to figure out what happened to them. And when they see something else, it's kind of like what you said. It's like, well, it happens. Yeah. And then they ignore it. And then they ignore it. Yeah. So just something interesting to think about. Which is wrong. Yeah. Yes. And I did this episode because I wanted to bring it up and say just, how wrong it was. I just, I'm not saying that you're not saying that. I'm just reiterating <laughs> yeah. that it's whack. And it's very frustrating. And to look at the percentages when I was reading about it, I was like, this is, uh, wow, good job, guys. We're really, we're really not doing good. Not doing good at all. At all. So despite an uphill battle to receive attention for Asia... The FBI, Cleveland County Sheriff's Office investigators, and the State Bureau of Investigation agents began to re-examine the case in 2015. Good. They offered $25,000 for, quote, information leading to the arrest and conviction of the person or persons responsible for her disappearance. And then a community group posted $20,000 on top of that. Fifteen months later, in May of 2016, they announced a new lead was discovered. 
So a witness came forward stating that they saw Asia getting into a dark green early 1970s Lincoln Continental Mark IV or a Ford Thunderbird from the same era along Route 18, Highway 18, where she was seen walking by the woods. Okay. The car was described as having rust along the wheels. And dark green. And it was dark green. That was it for a while. In September of 2017, the Child Abduction Rapid Deployment Team of the FBI began conducting interviews of persons that may have information involving the case. So they they weren't involved before. They came in and said, we're going to interview everybody again. We're going to go over all the tips again. Like, we're just going to do it. To be fair, they've been doing work in the last couple years. There's been a couple (laughs) stings. But continue. (laughs) So over 300 interviews were completed, but nothing really came out of it. Only the information that they already had. At least that's what they've made public. So with little information being discovered, the Cleveland County Sheriff's Office made public the contents of Asia's backpack in October of 2018. So remember how I said that book and the New Kids on the Block concert t-shirt were found in her backpack? Yeah. they That wasn't made public until 2018. Guys. Uh, and I get it because clearly, like, if you have leads and stuff. Hold it close to the vest. You want to hold it close to the vest, but at the same time... This might be a little too... You put it in the vest and zipped your vest up. And then you put the vest in the closet? (laughs) And then you forgot it was there, like I did my Halloween vest for two years. Exactly. So, I don't know. I have mixed emotions, mixed feelings about this one. But, anyway. So, they think that these items are vital to solving her case. Because they're like, this isn't her t-shirt. Whose t-shirt is it? Right? Because whoever's t-shirt that is must have information on her because it's her backpack, but not her t-shirt. What size was it? Do we know? I don't know. I wonder if it's an adult or like a like a young adult shirt or right. if it's... She's nine. Yeah. She's, she's going to wear like kids' Youth. clothes. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so in November of 2020, an inmate named Marcus Mellon wrote a letter to the Shelby Star claiming that Asia was murdered and he knew where to find her. His letter stated, quote, Asia Degree has been missing for over 20 years. About four months ago, I had found out her whereabouts and what had happened to her. She was killed in, She was killed, and then took and buried. I do know how and what town she is in. I hope you get this letter and do come see me. It's on the up and up. Now, Due to COVID-19 outbreak in the prison that Marcus Mellon is in, they haven't stated any other information. It's still investigating. I don't know if they've gone and seen him. They couldn't go and see him, like, right after they received this. No. So. Well, the news people couldn't. Right. Like. Right. Right. Maybe the authorities are like, hey. Yes. So, I don't know. Now, Marcus Mellon, I didn't get a, I didn't write down a lot of information about him, but he was a convicted Child molester, I think. Oh, he's a bad, he's a bad man. Yeah, and he's been in prison for a while. Um, so I don't know if, I don't know if he did it, if his cellmate did it. Like, I don't know any information other than that. That's what he said to the Shelby Star and nothing else. So, that is where the case is right now. 
In a two, 2019 interview with the Shelby Star, Aquila stated, quote, I'm not going to give up till the case is closed one way or another. I still think she's alive. I don't really care what anybody else thinks. If God already had her, there's no way he wouldn't let us know. The God we serve wouldn't let us suffer like that for no reason. So they, this is, the billboard I believe is still up. They still do the walk, um, it's, to my knowledge, an ongoing investigation, especially due to this tip from Marcus Mellon. Right. So, if you have any information, please contact the FBI Charlotte at 740-672-6100 or your local FBI office. Which, I don't know how many towns have a local FBI office, but... I'm mad. Yeah. So anyway, thanks COVID. Thanks COVID. You know how people used to say thanks Obama. <laughs> uh, it's thanks COVID now, thanks and you COVID. can't tell me otherwise. Yeah, and who knows if this guy is telling the truth or not? Because that other inmate gave them a tip that turned out to be false. Um, there, the sheriff, like the various law enforcement agencies, like, kind of responded to this and said, "Yes, we're going to follow up on every tip, but you can't always trust these people because they want something out of it, right? Whether it be attention, attention whether it be a reduced sentence, whether it be, you know what I mean? So you have, we have zero idea if this guy is telling the truth or not. But at this point in time, this is the newest lead that they have, mm-hmm. and so they they have to follow up on it essentially." Oh, yeah, I think it will be followed up on. Yeah. So, but I don't know what will come out of it. Maybe nothing. I don't know. So, anyway, how's the story? You think you'll uh, stay up at night? You still think you'll be able to sleep as snug as a bug and a rug? I think I'm glad that we're recording it relatively early in the day because I'm, like, mad. Yeah. Just at the poor job we do as society as a whole. Yeah. In recognizing inequality. Yeah. In... No, no, sorry. We're bad at equality. Yeah. Inequality is... Prevalent. Prevalent. <laughs> I, words are hard because I'm mad. But, like, I, I think that human trafficking is horrible. It's We don't even pay attention to it half the time. Yeah. Like, I think half the time we turn a blind eye to it. Like I said, there was a... I had a roommate in college who had no idea what it was. Yeah. So, like, what are we doing that you don't know uh, what no. that is? It's, I don't know. And it's very frustrating to me because, like I said, I wanted to do a story on somebody, a person of color, any, like, not a non-white person, right? Yeah. And when you Google things, you can come up with the, the top 10 missing persons cases in the United States. All of them are white. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or the top 10, like... True crime, all white, all white women, all white women. And I was getting very, very frustrated until I found articles that were, like, about, like, the missing white woman syndrome or the disparity in media coverage of missing uh, children of color versus missing white children. And even in those, I was having a hard time finding cases. Mm -hmm. But this is one that somebody said, um, take into account these three cases, and this was one of them. So unless you have their name, like, their actual... Because I had to... I had to Google Asia degree missing person. I Or I wouldn't have been able to find her. I would not have found this story. 
Period. It That's very frustrating. Yeah. Because the hoops that you have to jump through to even know she's missing. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Is a, a horrible roadblock. Right. To what could be people that have information. Yeah, and maybe like, I'm Googling wrong, but I was even Googling like missing persons of color and it was still... A list of 10 people and one of them wasn't white. You know what I mean? And I was like, what else can I, literally what else can I Google to find a story about someone who's not white? Do you not see what I'm saying? And she, and, and you're not kidding because you said this to <laughs> yes. me. Like, I didn't know who you so chose. frustrated. Who you chose or what it was on exactly. But you're like, you cannot find. I could find anything. Cases with people of color. That you can Google and they'll just come up. Like, every right. top ten list, anything that I Googled, I couldn't get it to come up either. I think, yeah, and I think, I mean, I've never really thought of it before, so I'm going to acknowledge that is my... Prejudice. Prejudice. Yeah, we right. have those. And so, I obviously don't have the resources, and I'm learning to find those resources to find other stories mm-hmm. of non-white people. But... I was very frustrated because <laughs> I was trying so hard. I couldn't find it. But that just, anything. I mean, that just goes to show, though, that, like, if we can't find it and we research for all these episodes, who can? Yeah. The average- yeah, the average person can't because I feel like I'm an average person. She just ran headfirst into the couch. She's fine, though. Don't worry. But you know what I mean? Like. These stories obviously aren't getting the attention that they deserve because I, me just trying to Google, anybody just trying to Google it would never find them. Would never find them. Yeah, and it's and it's frustrating, especially with the culture today where people like watching crime shows and they like watching, like, things because it's interesting, yeah. like, how they solve cases and whatever. Like, that's a popular thing to, like, watch and yeah. try and figure out. You know? Yeah. But if you don't, if there's not a way to Google it, then how do you bring attention to it and what purpose is it even serving? Right, 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 right. Yeah. So I hope, I hope I didn't sound stupid during this episode. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's a good idea. And I think more attention, if we can bring attention to this case when it was so hard to find to begin with, that's one more thing out there that... Not that we're going to make that much of a difference, but yeah. we might make a difference to one person who's like, oh, I haven't seen that before. Yeah, yeah. Or it's just something for you to, everybody to think about, too. Like, to pay more attention to what's getting news coverage and what's not. Don't. Just in general. Don't only fall victim to Caucasian damsels in distress. <laughs> Right, like, exactly, don't, exactly. Don't do that. Or Look, try to be more conscious of, I mean, I'm yeah. going to now for sure, like, be more conscious of what you're paying attention to and what you're not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that, I mean, all missing children obviously need attention. Right. But what you see on the news isn't reflective of the vast, like, majority. volume of right. what's actually happening. Yeah. Yeah. Also, have the same urgency. My What I'm saying is have the same urgency when you see an Amber Alert for a missing Caucasian person yeah. as you do if you see an Amber Alert for someone who have a different ethnicity. Yeah. Like, yeah, have yeah. the same awareness right. and urgency. Yeah. Or try to be like, oh, this is something that 
I need to pay I should pay, to have be equally concerned yeah. about. Right, exactly. Exactly. We might sound ridiculous. I'm trying. I'm trying. But we are trying. Yeah. And like you said, we recognize that this is something, I, I know this is something that I've probably done unconsciously. Right. Oh, me too. And that's why I started thinking about it. I was like, I want to start. And again, we don't do a lot of like murders or missing, well, like we're really stuck on cryptids because that's what we like to do. But when we do do things like this that involve people, I guess. I mean, cryptids involve people too, but you know what I mean. Humans. Yeah. I want to try to do more. Get a bigger variety going. Represent all people. Yeah. Through our bad, bad podcast. Yes, exactly. We just jumbled up the whole thing. But it's fine. As long as the story's out there, it's okay. So if you want to see pictures, I will post them on, well, Whitney will post them on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Just at Bug and Rug. We'll post them on Twitter and Instagram at BIAR Podcast. If you have any information on stories that you would like us to cover, you can email us uh, at BIRpodcast at gmail.com. You can also DM us on any of our social medias. We will try to respond in a timely manner. Thank you for your cooperation. (laughs) Good day. Good day, sir. Uh, Yeah, thanks for the story. I think it's really interesting. I think that this is something that we can continue to be more conscious of, and I'm eager to do so. Yes. Yes, and I hope more information about Asia comes out because it's just a baffling story that they're like, yeah, she got up and left at four in the morning. We have zero idea why. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm going to be weird. She would be a little older than me now. Yeah. The So this kind of came back into the – it's still local media, but um, last year in 2020, because it was the 20th anniversary of mm-hmm. her going missing. Right. So – yeah, so I think we should see if they're having the walk this year. Yeah, I didn't look it up. I should look it up. Huh? But we'll we'll post an update maybe if anything comes of the investigation yeah. oh, that we yeah, see. Yeah. Um, maybe if we find out about the walk, we can post that too. I know with COVID, you know, it might not be happening. But we might still take donations. You it, know what I mean? Like, right. I don't know. Yeah, so we'll post any of that if we find it. But in the meantime, yeah, thank you for the story. And um, Yeah, you can see... Uh, sorry, our sources are at our website, bugnarug.poppy.com. There is a source on there that is literally like Asia's website. So I'm sure they have a lot of information if you're curious or, you know, about that kind of stuff. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Me? Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. I, I thought you were said, thinking. said thanks for listening. You said you're welcome. I almost said you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant our listeners. Well, them too. Them too. All right. I guess we'll sign off. Now I'm a little bummed. <laughs> uh, yeah, my day my day is a little dreary now. <laughs> Sorry. All right. <laughs> Signing off. I'm Caitlin. I'm Whitney. Bye. Sleep tight.